Uh, I'm assigned to get a rifle today, right? Like, uh, down in Capital Forest. All right, let's not explore the, the reasons why. <laughs> what? Well, it's just like You occasionally help. talk about, like, oh, yeah, I got, like, a silencer and a high-powered scope for my hunting rifle. And, like, I know you, Sam, <laughs> you're not, like, you don't go into the woods and hunt. <laughs> so I worry about the purpose. Well, uh, so as I was signing in the scope on my rifle today, like... I made a bit of a rookie mistake and got my eye a little bit too close to the scope. And so I got just like a really, really big cut, like right above my eye as the scope just like slammed back into my forehead. Right. It happens. I don't want to oversell the injury or anything like, you know, I'm fine. It isn't that bad a cut, but it was like a head wound and head wounds tend to bleed a bit. And so I'm telling you this, like, as I was going home, you know, uh, as I was going home to my wife, I, like, you know, uh, called Sarah and I said, like, hey, I'm coming home. Do you want me to pick up any food on the way home? And she asked me to uh, swing by the pet store and pick up some crickets. I, of course, had not told her that I had been, like, you know, wounded. And so I was covered with, like, mud and blood uh, from the day. <laughs> and so she sent me into a pet store, fresh out of the woods, covered in, covered in mud, covered in dirt, covered in some blood. To walk up to a store employee and ask for a bag of live crickets. And in Petco's to Petco's everlasting credit, no one blinked an eye at the whole situation. You'd call that a credit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know. I feel like if someone is actively bleeding from the face, it would I was not <laughs> actively bleeding. It had been under control by then. I just, you know, it's just my clothes were covered in blood and mud. It, it looked I, as though I had been digging stuff up, and I, I desired crickets. So, you looked like you'd been digging stuff up and were covered in blood, and you think the proper response is to ask no follow-up questions. Yes. <sighs> was that banter? It was disturbing. <laughs> Welcome to Brokazatsu, Two Brothers Exploration of Tokusatsu Shows and Related Media. My name's Sam. And I'm Harry. And I I guess I gotta apologize to the managers here at my uh at my apartment complex. I mean, landlords are all monsters, so I hate to do it. Yeah. But like they So I feel like most of the fans are out of most of the places, but they're still so They're this still... is a this is a follow up from the previous week's uh, a cold open where we were describing your flooded apartments and the various monstrous fans that were being put everywhere inside your apartment complex. I mean, my apartment wasn't flooded. It's just like I got a little water under there. Like I think it's honestly like it's the amount of water that happened when I overloaded the washing machine and flooded Aaron's room at your place. I you see. know, I was trying to wash my. So yeah, not like a huge amount. Just like oh, if something was on the floor, it got a little wet. So people got destroyed. I was like mildly annoyed and kind of bemused but the fans got put in and it's been two weeks and the fans are still here and like <laughs> i feel like the managerial staff thought it was a reasonable assumption that when they knocked on my door at eleven thirty, i would be a awake and be clothed and see <laughs> and see if neither of those was was true 
would have the sense of minds to not open the door. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Again, I don't like landlords, so at some point it w- I was weaponizing my annoyance. So, do you still have the fan? Is that your fan now? Or did they take it back from you? They quickly took some readings and left. And the fans are still here. I, I turned them off for the podcast. They're, they're no- there's no more fans in the halls. I don't really talk with any of my neighbors to know if the fans are still there. It might just be me. And, I mean, I as I've said... They generate a lot of heat, and I do need to keep the window open, which I wonder is messing with the humidity sensor. Okay, okay. So, great. You have you have a giant monster industrial fan for free. And by for free, I mean for whatever your monthly rent is. I really wish they weren't here. <laughs> like, well, they take the, up space. The, the and... fans are... Yeah. Well, I mean, that. sorry, I, th- I thought this was a situation where you wanted to keep it. If you don't want to keep it... You know, the solution is clear, Harry. You just, like, you shove it into the hallway, I'm, and then you uh, close your door. Look, I'm very socially awkward, and that would lead to some conversations. Would it? Like, that seems like it would avoid conversation. That seems like it is the most conversation-averse method forward. I mean, in theory, they're testing stuff, and, like, I don't know, maybe by strict legality I would have, like, renter's rights, but, like, it's a lot of bother. <laughs> and it's just... It's a big chunk of my floor that, like, I was this close to starting to clean up and make it nice. Instead, this is this is all the excuse my brain needs to to have my place be like terrible. Like, let, let me let, let me Sam. I'm not gonna move any part of my body except for my toes. <laughs> I may have a lot of soda cans around my feet because <laughs> who cares anymore? Uh. Who cares anymore? That's a good attitude to start the new year, Harry. Uh, and I, uh, speaking of a good attitude to a new start. <laughs> look, I was trying there. I want to say speaking of who cares, but this is actually a pretty good couple episodes. I really like these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they are good episodes. It's a lot of fights, so it might be a short conversation, but fuck it. No, 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 I, I mean, there's... There's a decent amount of fights, but also there's a lot of character stuff. Like, they introduced the freaking 4th and 5th Rangers. This is true. Wait, 4th... Oh, yeah, it is 4th and 5th. Okay, sorry. The, what? For some reason, my brain was thinking the 3rd and the 4th. And don't ask me who I deleted, Harry. Don't ask... Don't inquire of my brain who it deleted just now. Oh, there are two other Rangers and one child soldier who needs to be, to be helped. Oh, they're all child soldiers, like... I guess, okay, there's only one who's still a child soldier, but they're all child soldiers. I think Ryuji was old enough that, like, uh, I mean, not that this totally yes, justifies- the grandfatherly it. age of 12. Well, he was, he, he was, uh, 14. And oh, like, yeah, so much better. So, so much better. He probably didn't start actively doing military stuff until the age where- People do swear into the military, and that, like, doesn't make it better, really, but it is, like... He was old enough to join a ROTC program. I'll give him that. Whereas the other one was not old enough to, like, walk home on their own. (laughs) Uh, good times. Anyway, uh, so uh, the episode starts where the last one ended, uh, with uh, the commander in the woods looking at the gold ranger. And the the robot that will become the, the silver ranger. Yeah, yeah, that was a surprise. Like, I I thought that the Silver Ranger, or 
I thought that this was the transformed version of him. Like, it looks like it was a good, like, fluid-moving costume. I thought this was going to be the fighting costume. But no, it turns out that the silver robot actually transforms down into a human shape. They get into some stuff where, like, pieces of this outfit kind of break off and become the Gold Ranger's outfit, but also they transform independently and, like, without each other. So it's just kind of like a thematic thing that isn't... He doesn't need to physically be there for reasons we'll get into maybe later. Mm Mm-hmm. And you just you just reminded me though, like these are two different, uh, these are two different costumes. Is it the same suit actor? This is an interesting question. Uh, it can't be the same suit actor. They they're both they have suit actors on screen at the same time. They wouldn't they wouldn't mirror that. They would no, get I a mean, second like, actor. No, I mean like sil- silver, like like Jay when he's in his robot mode versus Jay when he's in his ranger mode. It are oh okay. His actor is Daisuke Sato. Hold on. I'll edit this down to be better. That's why I'm being quiet, to assist the edit. It looks like the same person, Daisuke Sato, is both BJ Steg and Stegbuster. And he was also Man in episode 12. So three three whole roles. Man. Do we remember who Man was in episode 12? Wait, was he one of the kidnappers? Was that episode 12? Uh, no, episode 12 was the, the terrible actress one. The terrible actress one. Oh, Let's see one of the people who just did like a a dead on run at the actress, like through the crowd or Oh yeah, yeah, he was the one uh he he's he's under copyloid, so he is the the guy who showed up later, like jumping through the uh press conference. Nice. I mean uh, that that makes sense. That's a light stunt, you know, just like running and jumping through a crowd is a light stunt, so it makes sense that they would use a suit actor for that. Uh the commander, he's still a little hesitant. So Goldbuster, for his part, says, hey, let me show you the real me. And as he's de-transforming, Jay steps in front of him and says, like, you know, I'm BJ Snag. Mm -hmm. They were concealing the guy's face for some reason, which, you know, would normally trigger, like, wait, who who is this guy? Like, is this this clearly must be a person that we've seen already or we would uh, they would not be concealing his face for some reason? Uh, No, no, just it's. Something that Toku does every now and again, just conceal a person's face, even though it's a new actor. We've never seen them before. We have no context for them, so don't really need to do that. Actually, you're wrong. Sentai fans have seen them before, because the actor for uh, the Gold Gold Ranger was also the Yellow Magi Ranger. Oh, okay. Uh, Yellow Magi. How long ago was that? Like, how how many seasons have passed? Uh, I think, like... Five or so? Okay, okay. So this would be, it's, he's been away long enough for this to be a uh, pleasant callback uh, to long-term fans of the series. Magic Ranger was number 29, Gopusters is 36. Oh, so that's like, that's like seven seasons. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is a cross-generational thing. That's, no, do no, you think no, that, Seven years isn't a generation. Uh, it is for children's TV shows. Anyway. Do you think they did this, uh, did they cast him in order to, uh, because of the rating situation that they were in at this point? The, no, like, I, I'm pretty sure. Were... No, the, those decisions had to be made way earlier. I think it was just because, I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened. There there was, uh, it showed up in GoBusters. There's one guy, or not GoBusters, in GoKaiger. Uh, in, I think maybe in one of the movies I didn't show you because it was just a bunch of fight scenes that were good. But uh, there was one guy who was three different Sentai. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was three different Sentai and also uh, Space Sheriff Gavon, because when these people are good at these roles, they just get them 
over and over. And if the actor doesn't actively try to distance themselves from it, like sometimes they do, then hey. they can come back. Tohi is a big building. It's a big organization. There's a lot of different sets. They could just float between them. But yeah, back to base. Uh, the uh, the buddy roids, they're having some uh, comedy beats going through Blue's locker with some of his mementos. Oh, hey, what's this magazine that opens up to remind Blue of a memory of a specific individual from the past? So that they could have a quick conversation about him. I mean, they have mentioned him before. In the episode when Ryuji met his, uh, like, high school friend, the engineer who did treason because he was mildly annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, they did say, oh yeah, our mentor who got us into this, he disappeared in the incident. I wonder what happened to him. So they've been seeing this for a bit, but they do, they do remind us, like, no, this guy, he was important. It was a little heavy-handed, uh, but not, not too bad. Uh... The Blue T talks about like this robotics contest where this guy was one of the judges and he gave him a criticism of his project, which confused him at the time. And he still is processing that the pursuit of perfection leads to dull results. It'd be nice. Like, I, I, I agree. I get what they're saying, but it'd be nice what like context like it was, because like depending on what the robot contest is, that could be like a very shitty thing to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like if, if it was. He was trying to be perfect in this one thing, but, like, someone else was really willing to do, like, something kind of wonky that worked and produced greater results. Or, like, if he was uh, hyper-focusing on getting one thing so right that he, like, lost sight of the whole picture or something like that. And so it was just kind of a flat, dull, but, like, like a glass of water. Glass of water is perfect. It's also pretty dull. I could see that. It's just... I've been watching a lot of British Bake Off. <laughs> I, I agree. That's why I have all the soda cans near my uh, <laughs> desk. Uh, I've been watching a lot of British Bake Off lately. I've tried to put this criticism uh, into Paul Hollywood's mouth, and it just... I, I'm not sure I can make it stick. Because it's like, I, I don't think that's something that a judge, a real judge, would really say. Also, Paul Hollywood's kind of an asshole anyway. He is kind of an asshole. Like, he does ask for perfection. Right, 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 right. He he views that baking is going towards one platonic ideal, and the closer you get to it, the better you are. Like, his perfect is pretty dull. So, continuing with our Great British Bake Off podcast. Yes. <laughs> you thought we weren't going to have much to talk about in this episode, Adam, but we have gotten, like, 30 seconds in, and we have done 18 minutes of podcast. Great, 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 great. Uh, well, I mean, you are going to edit, like, 12 of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, enter. Uh, we now flash to enter. He is having a conversation with Messiah, and Messiah is pissed. Like this is maybe the most dialogue we've gotten from Messiah yet, and he's just like screaming at him that things are going too slow and they're losing Energon. Yeah, and w- without the Energon, they may as well not have a new Megazord because they can't bring it out. And Enter is like he's taken the brunt of this and he's pushing back a little bit, but he also kind of agrees like what the crap is happening to the Energon. Like he's bringing in a ton of it. Where's it going? And so he puts in a call to their engineers mm-hmm. and starts looking at a screen with like matrix code is flashing on it. Like, yeah, explain yourselves. Why are we missing so much? Yeah. So the engineers, like we don't see the engineers. We do see a building. Are these the trapped humans, Harry? Like, as he, like, enslaved the trapped humans and forced them to work on these. I mean, maybe. Hmm. We we still have questions about what's going on in hyperspace. Uh, so the engineers, they say that uh, there's been some loss of Energon. It has been zapped uh, into an unknown location for unknown reasons. 
and it, it's been discharges just kind of leaking and I guess they weren't thinking too much about it before uh, and Enter says alright I can I can look into that later but right now I just need to get a lot more Inatron he dresses up in a maid outfit because why yeah. not and, <laughs> and goes he enters and, a woman's house and kills her well yeah it, it cuts away before that happens but <laughs> uh, what he mostly does is create vacuum uh, vacuumroid which I really love uh, all his lines have like a very beat down kind of like, hey, can you, can you step to the side? I gotta deal with this bit, you know. Come on, I just gotta gotta do my job here, man. I know this this robot is very much a mood. Like this is not a fighting robot. He's actually pretty good at it. Yeah, but uh, Enter kind of lucked into a really effective one here because he has a vacuum that's also a spear and a rifle. But this whole thing exists to just kind of walk around the city and just suck as much energy as he can out of the various car engines on the street. The uh, GoBusters get a get a reading, so they run out to to fight them, and we just get a scene of the vacuumroid going up to cars, <laughs> like slabbing a hole of the size. I go, excuse me, just gotta take this, uh, just mm-hmm. like draining dozens of cars. Yeah, and every time he like fills up his pack, like some putties, they run up, they take off his pack, they attach a new one. It's it's cute, it's charming. Yeah. And, you know, he's not even actively attacking humans, but it's still constant chaos, and he's like starts sucking a van towards him, and there's some humans in the way, so people still are about to get killed when uh, Hirobu dashes in and gets him out of the way. Uh, yes. So, we cue a quick street fight with rangers versus a lot of putties, and they're not transformed, so this is like the uh, the ranger actors doing this, and they're pretty good at the choreography. Yeah, I, I guess it's far enough into the series where they've brushed up their stunt work that they're confident in doing this, and, you know, they, they like to show off when they can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so the vacuum droid, he's getting away with it uh, uh, Well, the putties are distracting. And he's about to go on his way, but then gold and silver show up and they shoot him. Jay, he, pretty much every time the two of them show up together, uh, uh, gold will try to say something and then silver will step in front of him and say, I will explain it now. I love his himbo energy. Yep, yep. Presumably this is like a robot that this guy has designed and as he explains a little bit later in the episode, he loves robots with quirks. He loves robots with personality. And so he programmed his silver buddy Roid to be an asshole. Uh, the the GoBusters are very confused about this. Uh, and the commander says, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I believe the situation myself. The commander probably should have uh, given them a heads up that this was a possibility. Yeah. That's, I, it, that's bad on the commander. Yeah, but like, considering how... Much this well, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they're they're fighting the dude, uh, but then they kind of let him get away. Yeah, Red was going in to attack, uh, but then the uh, gold like interferes and kind of pulls Red off so that uh, he can uh, he can kind of let him get away. Like he, it looks a little sus, and it is a little sus. But yeah, uh, Gold and Silver, they run away, and the Rangers, they were, because of their distraction, the vacuum bot has escaped. Uh, and when the when Red goes to confront him, uh, Blue says, hey, while you've been talking to this fight, I kind of recognized your voice, and the way you've been talking. Uh, Masato-sensei, is that you? And he detransforms, and we see his face for the first time, along with his long, flowing locks. He's kind of like, kind of like a, a rocker scientist aesthetic. Yeah, he has like a he has like a V neck shirt. He has like a gold chain. Like he's very like I want to see this guy just like with the microphone singing power ballads about how he would do anything for love. 
Yeah, he, he would do very upbeat TED Talks. We jump back to the truck uh, where the uh, uh, the vacuum bot and Enter are actually on it, and they're having a quick like uh, post-mission chat. Neither of them know who the hell the silver or the gold are. Uh, they were unaware that there were new rangers on the scene. Uh, so Enter says that he's going to look into it, uh, but he wants the vacuum just to get back to collecting more Energon. Yeah, you're an Energon collection uh, Metroid. I'll deal with something else later. So Vacuumbot does so and starts sucking uh, the Energon out of more cars. And then he sees a factory, says, hey, that could be cleaned up and starts power walking towards it. So back at base, uh, the commander explains that their hyperspace analysis division got a signal and uh, it was someone calling themselves Jin Misato. And even though he didn't really believe it, he went to meet up with them, and he does appear to be Jin Misato as they remember him. But the problem is, he's exactly as they remember him, and this is 13 years ago. He has not aged. Uh, this is a plot point that in Zero One was very important, but they just kind of let slide. But it looks like they're not going to let it slide here. In Zero One... Wasn't there the thing without with Thouser that he didn't age and he just said, yeah, I don't age. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it felt like it was going to be a plot point, but it wasn't. Maybe it was exactly because I'd watched this series and it's important here that, you know, I, I've watched lots of Toku series and Zero One dropped so many balls that have been set up better elsewhere. The commander, the Rangers, they're all kind of operating under the assumption that this is an enter trick, that this guy is like working for the other side. It's something Enter would try, you know, use the image of your old mentor, like, to come in as a friendly face and then backstab you. Like, it's, it's his type of plan. And, uh, but we know that this is not the case because we have seen Enter talking with, like, his own people. So the audience knows more than anyone else at the moment. We've also seen the toy lines. And, like, we know, no, Gold Ranger's a real thing. Like, they're not going to make a bunch of figures you could buy. <laughs> it's a funny thing in Toku, like, you can get spoilers for what the the final villain's form is going to be, like, you know, half a year before they show up. Well, isn't that, that's kind of the case with, like, Disney and Marvel stuff and, like, Lego sets, right? How how many Lego sets have, like, spoiled Marvel movies, Harry? I, a lot, a lot. Like, it, it's happening less recently because Disney probably got that shit under control, but it was happening a lot for a while there. Uh, so the the Go-Busters, they catch up to the vacuum, vacuum droid, uh, Red does a cool dismounting thing where his uh his robot bike transforms and he flips in the air and like lands in a superhero pose. I did note that like I I would have liked it more if it wasn't clearly like cutaway green screen, but you know it it still looked fun. I feel like that's the thing I've noticed in myself. Like when people are complaining about cheap special effects and, like CW shows, like I've watched enough Toku that I just straight up don't care. The the only important thing for me is to be able to tell what's going on in the action and for it to not be like farcically bad. CW is the American Toku. Don't don't insult Toku like that. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh the big mech is about to show up and oh wait, where the fuck are my notes? Harry, you talk. The the big mech is gonna show up, uh, and they realize that uh it's a gamma type incoming we can tell by the signal and we're gonna need go buster so we can't really do the split up thing uh but this metroid is he's being a bit of a problem like they can probably deal with him but it's gonna be it's gonna take a while mm -hmm. so man if only there was another couple of people who could come and help and gold and silver show up at that point and they transform 
the motorcycle is very confused by this. Like he he describes the transformation of the robot as like stripping. Yeah, because like armor pieces pop out and form kind of gold's costume. And uh, Nick is really excited about this. Like, hey, could could I try to fight? Like Nick more and more has been showing up with the fights and trying to be a part of it, but he is not a combat droid. He really is not, and he should stay nowhere near any of the fights going on. But yeah, uh, Gold and Silver, they stay on the ground uh, to fight the small vac while the big guys go up to fight the big mech. Uh, in the big fights, like, they're fighting the Gamma, and they're doing it all as small bots. I loved this. Like, uh, the vacuum, he's, like, draining power from the red boat robot, but then the gorilla gets in with some missiles and causes him to suck in uh, to his vacuum pack, which, you know... Studs him enough for them to deliver the killing blow. The Megazord, his plan was to just keep them from transforming as long as possible. But, you know, they, they're they not able to manage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a quick but very effective fight. And down on the ground, they, uh, Gold and Silver are, they just showed up, so of course they're very powerful. Uh, and also, I mean, they're effective, like, uh, Jin is not a child. And, uh, like, Jay, like, for all his idiosyncrasies, was specifically built for combat. So they they beat the hell out of the sky and do a really cool because Jay does the thing of constantly stepping in front of uh Jin, he like uh Jin just kind of knocks him down and uses his shoulder to aim as they do a dual finishing shot. Yeah, it's a cool move, and uh, you can tell that these guys like they're moving very fluidly together. These guys are a good solid pair and will be very effective in the field. Uh, and so things things are great. The Megazord's dead. The Metroid's dead. So the Gobusters go down to the ground. And see Jin and Jay running away with the Enetron that the uh, evil dudes had stolen, because they kind of needed to. Both happy and sad and confused all at the same time, because it's it's clear they're not working with Enter because they did blow up the little bot, but then they stole the Enerjohn, and so they don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, there's been some bits where Hiromu says, you know, that guy, he's way too, he's way too wacky to be the real person, and, Hiro, and uh, Ryuji has to say, no, that's kind of what he was like before. Yeah, he's always been like that. Yeah, in, in the background, the commander gets a, gives a knowing grin. Uh, so episode 16 begins back at the base, just kind of with the rangers uh, put their heads together, debriefing from the last mission. Like, the biggest question that they have is about his age. Like, it's been 13 years. Why does he look identical? They're pulling out, like, his staff pictures. Like, yep, that's him. Same actor, same guy. Has not aged. Uh, but they're interrupted when... Jay comes to one of their secret entrances and starts just punching the punching the door, saying, "Let me in! Let me in!" And they, uh, Nick uses a comparison here that um, maybe is a translation thing, but I'm surprised they used it in a kids' cartoon. It was like, "Oh, had a drink too many and forgot your keys, did you?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Rangers like they need to question this guy, so they all draw guns on him and drag him up to the roof. But they also had him a couple cans of Energon in the process. He hasn't had any since yesterday. And, like, Jay loves Energon. It is. I get get that the scientist that's, you know, that the Gold Ranger, he really needs his Energon. But come on, man. You had, like, four barrels of it. You could have spared a little bit for your buddy. Eh, well, he he said that uh, Kurorin would give him some more. And when everyone's like, who's Kurorin? The Commander Sasson says, that's an old nickname you gave me. It's a thing. We used to be friends. Let's not get into it. Sam, in every series, we have kind of an oddball ship. I'm 
pretty sure it makes a lot of sense to say that uh, they were an item, the Commander engine. So, uh, I mean, that that was not translated at all. There is no context. I wasn't sure. Is that like, is that a cutie pet name? Like uh, his name is his name is Kuro something. Hold on. Let me lots of lots of wiki use this episode. Is it like adding pie on the name of uh, someone's name or something like, you know, cutie pie or something like. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. Like calling him. Yeah, his name is Kuroki. T- Takeshi Kuroki. So it's Kuro. It's it's a cute version of his personal name, actually. Okay. Okay. So it's a cutified. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they were absolutely a couple, which lends credence for why the fuck he would run into the woods to you know to find out if this guy's actually back. They ask him for answers. It says, "All right, I'm BJ Stag. The J stands for juice, tree juice, because he's a beetle, beetle themed. Tree juice, like like sap. Yeah. Is is that what you mean? Yeah, like sap. Uh, they ask him if Jin Masato is the real Jin Masato, and Jay says." I've only ever known one Jin. He helped me get here from hyperspace. So, I mean, he was born there, so he literally has never known a different person. So he can't answer that question. Uh, but it also, like, confirms, yes, they're from hyperspace, or at least he's from hyperspace. Like, his phrasing is a little confusing. We will discover more as the episode progresses. Yoko comes up and says, hey, I, you must know a lot about hyperspace. We're dying to ask you questions. And he says, no, I don't know, because I don't give a shit about anything that's not related to me. <laughs> He, he was programmed to be very self-centered. And he strides off the roof, grabbing <laughs> the rest of the Editron. And the rangers follow him. Which, granted, was probably a part of the plan of the of the guy to begin with. Like, you know, just get him there so that the rangers could follow him back and they could kind of control the meeting. As they're following, they're talking about a bit about what they say. Like, uh, Ryuji asks Robu, you're acting pretty worried. Are you scared to ask the big questions? And Hiromu has to say, honestly, yeah, like, you know, he know he might know if our parents are alive or dead. Uh, cut to Enter, who is doing his own research. He is reviewing some of the footage from their own plant and uh, analyzing some of the projection data. And what he realizes is that during one of the recent uh, Megazord transportations, these guys were uh, these guys were hidden on board. So they jumped to Earth uh, inside a Megazord. Yep, it's a beta type, and the the type they sent in episode 14, right before these, was a beta, so I think it was exactly then. Makes sense, makes sense. It also makes sense why they would have to wait till now to get back to Earth, because, like, these things only started popping up a couple weeks ago. Uh, so Enter is fed up, and he wants to track down the source of the signal and kill it. So he goes to a satellite dish and creates a kind of scanning Metroid. Yeah, so the design of the monster this week is very, like, very Robotech-esque, very Tau-esque. It's less toku and more just like, uh, more just like anime-style, uh, big monster. Because there's there's no crossover there. I I I know I know I know I know I know. But there's it's... no crossover between a a very mainstream Japanese TV series and a very Japanese mainstream anime series. I'm not saying that there's no crossover, but there's also very much like it's. <clears throat> it it's a more fusion meal at a restaurant that you would expect a fusion meal in, okay? Like, like Western Japanese cuisine and East Japanese cuisine. Yes, sure, fine. <laughs> but uh, I I liked the look actually. I, no, yeah, I liked it, it quite a bit. It's good looking Metroid, uh, and he's very confident 
And he says, like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Or am I being a bit modest? Uh, he's kind of, like, preening himself. Uh, so the, the base, of course, detects this. And uh, yellow, uh, yellow and blue, they go to fight the bot, while red continues to track silver to gold. It's, uh, an, alpha. it's an alpha, so in theory, they don't need all hands on deck to kill it. So he's willing to risk it. Red eventually finds them with a gold, like, throwing some sticks at him in the forest as he gets close, because gold is kind of a dick. Yeah, well, he he's testing his reflexes. He says, like, oh, yeah, pretty good. I mean, I guess I should expect it. You you are, like, a speedster. Uh, quickly cut back to uh, Yellow and Blue, who have found the satellite bot. He's just, like, standing on top of buildings, scanning. And there's an incredibly quick fight, and he runs away. <laughs> this this is not a fighter. Harumu asks, hey, that that Christmas, thirteen. Well, uh, when uh, when the teleportation happened, happened. What's going on in hyperspace? And Jin starts starts talking about how that was a very rough Christmas. Uh, Sam, I, I forget. Was it revealed to you that it was a Christmas party? I think it might have been, but I had absolutely forgotten it. Jin says, "Hey, it's you know we had to do something, but like we teleported everybody to hyperspace. The other ones who got out were you kids and your droids, and you know." Your dad kind of made a big-ass decision for everyone, didn't he? Uh, Red is offended by this. Like, you know, he says his dad made the right call to send uh, to send them away. Gold is still kind of pissed at his dad, though, because there was no asking. There was no time for asking, and he was an adult. He could have made a decision himself, but he did not have that choice. Yeah, I mean, well, you say he's mad, but he's you can actually see he's kind of fishing for reactions here, because he keeps pushing, saying other people, like, it seemed very heroic, but he doomed everybody else and red goes for it for a punch and Jin kind of grabs it and like uh gets a hold on him and is clearly pleased like hey i like it like he's testing red's like kind of resolve and his aggression at this point so uh back to blue and yellow who are running through the city using their cameras to try and find the scanner uh and they do uh but the scanner has also found gold by this point so he calls enter and they go to confront them gold has told red hey Beat the hell out of me, and I'll tell you everything I know. So, they're they're at the Toku warehouse, and they're fighting. They're smacking the hell out of each other. They seem relatively evenly matched. Uh, Red does, like, a complicated thing where, like, he grabs the sword and goes in for, like, a stab to the head. And Gold catches it and says, oh, almost might have worked. That was pretty good. And then they both get shot, because Enter has shown up. Yes, Enter shows up with a satellite. Uh, there's a very quick fight. Enter shoots out his tendrils and ties them up, and then the satellite starts firing missiles. The first one glances red on the helmet, and it disappears, so he's pretty unprotected, and it launches another just right away, because why wouldn't he? At which point, Gold uh, grabs, or like, he kind of like jumps in front of the missile to draw it in on him, and then tethers and just shoots himself back at Enter, and they both get blown up. Like the chief villain we've seen and the new character have both been vaporized in front of us. At least for a few seconds, because they're both fine. Yep, the droid shows up and says like, oh man, he made a little mistake, or is that making light of it? Mm-hmm. Alright, so the, they're in a random warehouse, and one of the lockers just bursts open because Jay kind of kicks his way out, because he was waiting there, I guess. <laughs> hey, uh, Jay seems like a robot who really loves his dramatic entrances. He stamps forward to in front of the stunned Go-Busters and says, activating my marker system. Sam, you asked about, like, if they follow the rules, and this is one of the things I was thinking of, where, yes, like, he is doing the same thing as the Metaroids in that he is the marker for other things, including Jin Misato. 
because he summons another version of him. Yeah, it turns out Jen isn't actually there. He is a avatar. He is a projection from hyperspace where he still is. Enter pops back in saying, I should have known. And Jin says, yeah, especially because you're one yourself, aren't you? You're still in hyperspace with me. So I guess this goes back to it's possible that Enter is human. Well, I mean, if I'm going to use a sad argument, we were arguing about the Enter we see on screen who is an avatar. He's never been here. So you still lose. Wait, 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 wait. I think my specific uh, call was that he was at some point human. Well, but we're seeing a projection, and the projection has never been human. I said that Enter was at some point human. And who was Enter but the character we see on screen? Well, he is also... Uh, Enter, you Enter see how has depth, Gary. <laughs> Fine, we'll, we'll table this discussion for later. Yes, we'll table it for if Enter turns out to be a human inside hyperspace. Or if he's some robot. Jin, he looks like he did 13 years ago because he just used a younger version of himself. Because, yeah, you would. Uh, but uh, Jay makes clear, no, actually, I specifically did come here because I'm his marker. So it was Jay, the uh, the beetle robot, who hijacked all the beta robots and uh, was flung into reality. Because, specifically, they've said over and over that living beings can't really survive transportation. So, whatever uh, Jin did to survive, like, uh, he, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Enter says, and you were siphoning off our Enertron to match your transports. But yeah, so uh, at this point, like, the Rangers, they know a lot more about silver and gold, and they believe that they can trust them, so they all transform, the five of them, and they charge the baddies. And Enter is happy to have solved the problem, and he is super focused on dealing with this. So as his, as his Metroid and some uh, mooks are dealing with him, he takes manual control of his Megazord and start instead of going after you know any Enertron towers like he has pretty much every other time, he's walking over to them and stabbing them with a giant fucking robot sword. I loved this. I loved this so much. Like in the giant quarry of fighting, we see this giant sword just like poke down and transcure the Rangers. <laughs> they look up and they're almost like, this isn't fair. This this is not in the rules. Back at base, uh, the uh, the colonel and the support staff, they detect... Uh, some new incoming signatures. There's one. No, wait, two incoming ones. And they're already here because Jay has activated his marker system and has summoned the gold and silver Megazords. Who are beetles. Like it's, uh, yeah, uh, two more beetles. Like, yeah, well, that's, that's their animal modes, but their vehicle modes are a kind of construction crane thing. And a jet. So the finishing moves for the beetles, like, uh, they, they go after, like, the two lesser giant things uh, to allow, you know, uh, the red uh, Megazord to finish off the beta. The beetles look really... Their moves look really, really painful. Like, one, one of the putty, like, monsters is, like, just ripped in half by the by the tusks on the on one, and, like, the other almost gets, like, split in half, like, from the crotch up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there are a Hercules beetle and a Capito beetle, so I forget which is which, but one of them has, like, the one big horn that they use to flip things, and the other has two big pincers that they use to cut things in half. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I felt a little bad for the putties. I mean, they're, they're genocide machines, so don't feel that bad, but yeah. I mean, sure, 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 but it's also all they know. Well, rather, like, they existed for, like, a minute and a half, and then they were cut in half or crotched to death. Oh, okay. I, I was wrong. It's a it's a Hercules beetle and a stag beetle, not a not a capital beetle. 
Okay. Which I should have known because Beat's name is Beat J Stag. Uh, but yeah, so that's the fight. Like it's it's a fast. <laughs> it, but... would, it would have been funny if like the one mute listener email I've gotten in a while was a correction for the time I got something wrong. <laughs> uh, so after the fight, uh, Gold confirms that he was in a different building uh, when uh, during the Christmas holiday party because he was behind on a project. So he hasn't actually seen anyone in hyperspace in thirteen years, and he does not know their status. <laughs> But he does have a Christmas present uh, that he hands over to Red so they could have a quick Christmas in July. Uh, and it's a little little kind of wooden music box that plays jingle bells when you spin the crank. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It gives them something concrete from hyperspace. It is something there. Like, So is this something that the robot like smuggled inside his chest cavity out of hyperspace? Like, is that how he got it here? Yeah, it had to be. You know, he just... He just put it in a pocket and brought it out, you know? And so if they're, if these guys are following, like, the rules of, you know, teleportation, needing a beacon, is there a beacon for Enter on Earth? Maybe. I, I think there may be something like that, but, like, uh, I forget exactly if there is a specific one, or it's just, like, he's just a projection so that they can, like, send him generally somewhere. Like, they had 13 years to try to figure out something. I mean, I'm... I, I'm not going to be heartbroken if there isn't, uh, but if they're this consistent with absolutely everything, it would be a little weird if they hadn't thought to enter through. I mean, I'm being hesitant because I'm not sure the answer and not coy about something, so that might give you a hint on whether or not this is a major plot point. Uh, but yeah, so those were two episodes. They were pretty good ones. A lot of fighting, a lot of fighting, but still yeah, well, pretty good. Well, they had to show off the, the new stuff that the new guys can do. Yes, they need to sell those toys. And speaking of selling toys... In the upcoming in the upcoming couple episodes, we've been building for a while a new Megazord type, and we might be about to see it in action. Oh heck yeah! Like because Gold and Silver aren't in hyperspace anymore, stealing their Energon. Yeah, Sam. Do you think it's going to destroy all of humanity? Uh, no, no, I do not. Right, because the series is not about to end, but it is still pretty cool when we get there. Uh, so we'll see that next week, and uh, depending on if it it becomes something we think is going to be light maybe we'll also cover something else but what are we always going to do every week sam we're going to keep dancing we're going to keep dancing harry every new character still dancing oh we for- i forgot to mention like the 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 gold and silver's theme is like a cool samba beat oh uh do do gold and silver get added to the end of dance credits not maybe not right away but eventually they do like they, they kind of update it as the series goes along mm-hmm. okay okay yeah. And and because I mentioned it, it kind of messed up our out, our outro. Uh, I'll just put the the gold and silver theme here because I liked it. Yay! And enjoy. Shikai wa sake ni dare
Stop, 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 stop,